All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, happy Friday to you. For those of you that are live streaming with us, it's great to have you here. It's actually surprisingly sunny outside. Um, you may hear some lawnmowers in the background. I, I don't know how I end up timing these podcast episodes for the lawn crew to be coming through. So excuse that if you happen to hear it. But thanks for joining us. I appreciate that. And please take advantage of this opportunity being part of the live stream to ask questions, to comment. You can send us funny emojis if you want to, but get involved in the conversation here on the Newbie Photographer Podcast. We are here for new photographers. If you're in your first three years of business, this is the show for you. And we're trying to bring the most important elements of building a healthy photography business in relatively short episodes, 15 to 20 minute episodes. And we've started off with a series called I Wish I Knew. And I've been I've invited a number of photographers onto the podcast to share a big idea that they wish they knew more about when they first started in business. And uh, today joining us is Dory Howe. Dory, thank you so much for being willing to do the show with me. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. We had some fun uh, conversation kind of before we got started and went live stream. Maybe we'll have to do like a um, like a members only version of the show where I include the uh, the pre episode conversations <laughs> just to let people <laughs> behind the scenes a little bit. Those are sometimes the most fun. They really are. Yeah. Well, and you're a fellow podcaster. So for everybody listening in, you may notice that we've got some really good audio here and we've got some good video and uh, we're ready to jump into a really important topic uh, today. But Dory, before we do, uh, we just yeah. briefly introduce your photography business, if you will. Sure. My name is Dory Howell. I run a portrait studio that specializes in branding. And I reached, I recently completely transferred my niche from families to newborns over to branding photography. And I'm right outside of the Washington DC area. And I love serving my clients and I have been in business for over 15 years, which is hard for me to believe. So I've seen a lot and done a lot in this business. That's awesome. And, and I'm going to actually pull up your website here to introduce you to everyone. Do me a favor and pull your mic as close as you can to you there. So we okay. make sure that everybody hears you clearly and loudly. Um, and everybody listening in, if you want to go to Dory, D-O-R-I-E, Howell, H-O-W-E-L-L.com, you can see Dory's website there, Confident Branding Photography, serving the Washington, D.C. metro area. And um, once again, Dory, I, I really appreciate you being willing to come do the show. We're going to talk today a little bit about what it means to be different. And earlier okay. I posted to my stories, uh, I, I said, imagine, and I'm actually curious that if you've experienced this story, you ever pull up to a stoplight and the stoplight has a couple of left-hand turn lanes. And you'll mm -hmm. notice that most cars will file into the one lane and the cars following up will also follow those cars into that one lane while leaving the other lane wide open. There's a tendency that we have as human beings, certainly as photographers, to follow what most other people are doing. It's the easy thing, it's the comfortable thing. It's certainly less dis disconcerting when we're trying to launch a new photography business. Have you ever had that experience? Have you ever noticed that? Oh, sure. Um, I am one of those people that when I'm in the left-hand turn lane, I don't like taking, and probably this is why most people do this, the inside, the very far left inside lane when there's yeah. going to be two lanes turning together, that's a little claustrophobic for me. I'm not always <laughs> comfortable in that lane. Like, what if what if I get cut off? What if, like? It's just, it's just it's one of those much, things. It's too much, huh? Okay. It's just too much. And so okay. I usually am in the right hand left-hand turn lane now my husband is the type that is just like i don't care as soon as if the inside lane gets me there faster whichever lane is shorter that's yeah. the one i'm gonna go in yeah but 
you know, surprisingly, we're totally opposite when it comes to how we live our lives and everything else. I'm much more the risk taker. I can deal okay. with all those things. But that left-hand turn lane example, mm, yeah, I felt you on that one. Okay. Well, I, I just <laughs> found it so fascinating. And I mean, certainly I've been guilty of it in my life, but I, I like to think that I, I'm willing to take risks and to go a different direction than a lot of the, I, I guess, the average population. Sure. Um, but it, of course, it's not a, a judgment either. I mean, it, it, I understand why, in fact, as human beings, there is a tendency that we, that we have to look for stability. And we can find mm -hmm. stability as business owners to, or by, I should say, following others who are leading the way. And so mm -hmm. it is easier to just fall into that one lane while meanwhile, there is this other lane that's wide open with possibility and the potential sure. of getting ahead even as well. And so I think it's a really interesting metaphor to this conversation, but we're going to talk today a little bit about just the reality, which is it's actually not so scary to take a risk or two and to be a little bit different than the status quo. And I'm, I'm kind of curious. And this is something, I mean, you, you shared with me that you wish you knew more about when you started your business. Where was the mm -hmm. turning point where this idea, this concept, like the light bulb came on and you're like, oh, you know what? It's okay to take a risk. Well, um, before I answer that, a little bit about my background is the fact that I um, a, am a professional singer by training. And if you have ever been on the professional level when it comes to any sort of creative endeavor, when it involves producing a sound or anything like that, you know the the feeling of rejection over and over and over again, and yet you still go towards that goal. And so I learned a lot about how to deal with fear and rejection and standing out from the pack from my singing days and being in college and sitting through master classes and getting ripped apart by professors yeah. because they, you know, especially in the classical realm, they want things to sound the same mm -hmm. to a certain degree. Yeah. And then they want you to put your own creative spin on it. So it was always walking that tightrope. When it came to photography, I think I just got to the point where I was confident in my camera skills. I was okay. confident in my client interactions. I was confident with so many different things. And I'm like, I don't want to be like everyone else. I don't want my website to look like everyone else. I don't want my client experience to look like everyone else. Because I finally realized that the people who were hiring me were hiring me because I was different. And I wanted to lean into those things. You know, I, I actually grew up in the classical music world myself. I, I played mm -hmm. clarinet uh, classically oh, okay. and, and into college as well. And there was something in, in and, and I know most people, they, they're like clarinet, they laugh at it because that's like what you play in fifth grade band. But I was very excited <laughs> to take this on. And, and my, of course, my parents pushed me and, and I took it into college. I ended up dropping yeah. it in college. Um, but one of the reasons actually is because of what you were talking about is there is this kind of focus in the classical world to do it a very particular way. In fact, mm -hmm. I incorporated vibrato uh, for anybody who's in the music world. They'll understand that term, but this is kind of a, a wavering of the tone, if you will. But right. I incorporated right. vibrato into my clarinet playing, which was not status quo for classical clarinet. And in fact, the, the clarinet player that I followed, who I most looked up to incorporated vibrato into his work and he was criticized for it in the, mm -hmm. in the music world. People don't like it when you step outside that box mm -hmm. that everybody has created, mm -hmm. kind of the, the masses have created. Um, and that's a very interesting thing. And, and I mean, it, it, certainly it's a much broader conversation here. But if we are willing to take that step outside the box, there again is that potential for much opportunity because there's a much smaller level of competition that you have to deal with at that point, right? You're stepping out absolutely, beyond that. Absolutely. So, but it's scary. 
It is no, no question. It is. It can absolutely be nerve wracking. So I guess what I'd like to understand, you mentioned to me before we got started, that there are a few ways that you, I guess, took this realization that you can take mm -hmm. a risk that isn't actually as scary as maybe we kind of projected onto the situation to begin with. What are a few ways that you then applied this to your photography business? Well, I think there are three specific things that I have continued to use and had it have in my business owner tool belt that I pull out all the time when it comes to certain situations. And one is I have to realize that fear is probably always going to be part of the equation. Like, and that is something that a lot of people don't like to hear, but it doesn't matter what level you get to. I've talked to photographers who are very, very new, and I've spoken with photographers who have been in the business for 25 years, and everybody kind of has a threshold of what they're comfortable with. So if you come to the realization of knowing that that's always going to be part of the equation and it's okay that it's part of the equation, that really kind of lets you settle down a little bit into it. But I've always believed, I've always believed that Preparation and practice is key. And coming back to the music analogy, if you will, you know, for what you see on stage when it comes to a recital or that type of thing, that's hundreds of hours of work behind the scenes. And it doesn't matter in your business if you're um, selling products, if you're trying new flash techniques, if you just got a brand new camera that you're trying to learn how to use, you really need to put in the time in the practice room, I'll say, quote unquote, the practice room, to make sure that you know what you're doing and you can feel confident when you step out in front of a client or you're putting those things out on social media. And it's really good to have people surrounding you, a good coach and mentor, that type of thing, to help you along the way. Because when you're brand new, you don't know anything. Even still, I've been in this 15 years, I really don't know anything. But I truly believe that when I am going to try something new or do something different, I need to have put in the time to practice, mm. um, which is super, super important. So surrender to the idea that fear is normal and that these decisions that you come up with are part of the journey and embrace them, lean into them, don't shy away from them practice make sure you you feel confident in the skills that you're putting out and promoting to others and then afterwards like after you have a session or after you do something like that reflect on that experience of what you could have done better did your client communication need to be better did your skills for that your camera skills for that particular situation need to be better does your follow-up need to be better do you need to do something a little bit reflect just because maybe something goes awry at a session, it doesn't work out exactly to your favor. It doesn't mean you need to change something because some, you know, clients can be different. I'll just put it that way, right? Clients <laughs> can be different. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't mean you need to change anything in your workflow or your mindset or anything like that. It's just a matter of being aware so that if something happens two or three more times, then you have to come back to yourself and say, okay, what this kind of didn't work and what was the common denominating factor there? Me. So what do I need to change to make that better for my clients and myself? So those are three things that I really lean into when it comes to my business and working with clients is the fact that practicing, understanding that it's fear is normal and reflecting on how I can make things better next time and always put myself in a growth position mm. has served me very well. 
Okay. First of all, I have to give you major props because you're a really good teacher. You just like you laid out so clearly <laughs> point by point. That's so easy to follow. And I'm I'm kind of old school. I'm taking notes here on, on the notebook, but uh, very well done. So if everybody thank listening, you, thank in, you. I, I, you probably are able to just like I could sign off right now and you could take and go apply what what Dory is talking about. But I do have at least one or two follow up questions for you, Dory. Sure. And I want to get back to that first point. Um, and honestly, I could probably spend an hour here on this topic because this is an interesting one. Fear, accepting the reality, which is that fear is part of the process. The fear mm -hmm. is, I, I wrote down, fear is normal. This is a very interesting one because you strike me. There, there are instances where I have conversations with somebody who I can tell is a little bit more stoic in nature, very even keeled, mm -hmm. not necessarily the most emotional individual. You seem like an emotional person, somebody who's expressive emotionally. So you feel emotion, right? Yes. And my yet, husband would absolutely agree with you. <laughs> he would that. agree. Okay. <laughs> but, and yet you're able to assert something like, hey, it's okay to be afraid. It's okay to feel fear. And we live in a culture right now where the, the notion of being uncomfortable is not okay uh, or is not right. treated as being okay. It's kind of the exception to the norm, it seems. Exactly. The, the fact that it is okay to be uncomfortable, and in this case, more specifically, feeling fear, how have you learned to kind of sit with that and be okay with that? Is there is there something that you've done to practice that idea? Well, I think, again, it comes back to this musical training that I had, and that when I was in college, it didn't matter if you were scared or not. You had The show must go on. I had to go out on stage. I yeah. had to sing those arias that... Yeah, I wish I had three more days to practice, but my professor gave it to me two days before and I have to sing it for a class in two days and it's in a different language and I don't know what I'm saying, but I got to sell it. And so it's kind of, you get that trial by fire and you get that experience over and over and over. Now in a collegiate experience, I signed up for it. I, you know, I was their client. I signed up for, I say I signed up for the beating basically was <laughs> what it was, right? And um, so taking that lesson into my, into my business it's being learning that it's gonna be okay. No matter what happens, it's going to be okay. No one is going to die if a session doesn't go exactly the way that you think it's gonna go, or you miss a couple shots, or that type of thing. So just keeping it all in perspective, I believe is very, very important. That's huge, but you also then alluded to the second point that you made earlier, which is then that practice makes such a big difference. The, mm -hmm. the preparation comes from practice, but it's that repetition that helps begin to normalize the concept of fear and then mm -hmm. help help us all understand that despite the fear, it, it's actually not so bad. Um, right. But that right. doesn't come and with without actually doing the thing. You've got to actually get out and do it repetitively. You've got to do it. And fear is a temporary emotion. That's another thing, too. You don't want to make permanent decisions based on a temporary emotion. And like I said, if you just can remember all of these things and realize that your brain plays tricks on you sometimes, it puts you into this, especially for someone who's more emotionally charged like I am. Oh, I had too. to kind of, <laughs> yeah, I had to back myself up and be like, okay, let's think about this for a minute. What's the worst that can happen? Yeah. What's the best that can happen? Why am I doing this? Mm -hmm. And move and move forward with it. That's good. And then coming back to the, the third point, the importance of reflecting on what we've just done. I mean, uh, this yeah. is, again, a very loaded conversation. We could easily spend another hour on the, the importance of looking at our lives personally, first of all, but then also certainly in business, whether it's an individual session or the kind of bigger, broader picture of our business, where we're at, looking at the data and making decisions based on that. The idea of assessment needs to happen more often just than 
the uh, the New Year's resolution time, right? Like once a year right. where we're like, oh shoot, how did I do this year? Right. What should I do different now? We need to do this on an ongoing basis as business mm -hmm. owners. Was that something also that took a little bit of time for you to learn to do regularly? Yeah, I think I think um, I needed help understanding exactly what I needed to be keeping track of because a lot of times what I was keeping track of wasn't really what was going to move the needle in my business. Mm, and so realizing that Instagram likes and that type of thing, that really is not, to me, that's not a key performance indicator. You might have it say a, a KPI. It's not a KPI for me. Interactions, emails, that type of thing is what's going to move the needle in my business. So realizing what matters and what doesn't is also another big piece of this pie. I, again, I realize it's a loaded conversation, but how do you, it, it, this, it's funny because you, you talk about the significance of realizing what matters. And, and honestly, for me as a business owner, I've been in business now for 20 years, multiple companies. Mm -hmm. And, and yet it's only been in more so in recent years that I've realized the significance of that data, the information, knowing yeah. what to pay attention to, learning mm -hmm. what questions to ask of that data that you have access to. Mm -hmm. Any suggestions, especially to new photographers, how to begin that process? I think at the beginning, you kind of want to keep track of everything because everything when you're a new, when you're brand new in business, everything could matter. And then as you grow in your business and you see your business change and evolve because all new businesses change and evolve, you never are going to end up where you think you were going to end up. There's always a journey to it. So as you're going through that journey, you're gonna see the things stand out that you need to that you need to pay attention to. But if you can pay attention to those website hits, to those social media interactions, to the inquiries, to the idea of people giving you reviews, how many people are hiring you back year after year, all of those things can be something that are going to move the needle in your business. And as your business grows, you're gonna realize like for me, social media likes, that doesn't really matter. Mm. But social media interactions for me, that's very important. So mm. I want to keep track of those things as an example. And, and I guess it's easier to make decisions about what data to pay attention to if we understand what it is that we're trying to accomplish in the bigger picture, right? Like mm -hmm. your, your business goals are going to differ than the next person's. And yes. those goals then drive what data you're paying attention to. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. absolutely. So, and that also lets me know if I know what is, is working, then I can lean into that more. I know that I'm great in person. I know that I'm good with my clients in person. I know that I'm good at in-person networking events. And that's why I struggled so much during the pandemic was because online's great, but emails are not where I shine. But if I can get in front of people and I can have a conversation with people, that's what's going to convert people into clients for me. So that's that's what I'm leaning into these days. And those are the types of things that I think, especially with newer photographers, if you're looking at someone else and you're wanting to maybe say, oh, like you talked about the, the two traffic lanes and copying what someone else is doing, you never really know what it looks like behind the scenes and how much money they're bringing in or how many clients they're booking, that type of thing. True. So for me, you don't see a lot of what I do behind the business because I'm trying to get out and meet people as much as possible. That's not something that I always put in an Instagram post. So there's a lot of things that go into making that business, those business decisions that you may not be able to copy because they may not be showing it to you. Well, I think, you know, if without 
without having that complete picture. And that, that's part of the issue with following everybody on social media to your mm -hmm, point is that mm -hmm. we don't have that complete picture. So the, the, the nice, pretty covering looks great. But right. the question really is actually what's going on behind the scenes. And so to be right. so quick to follow somebody without having all that context really can be misguiding for us. We need to be clear mm -hmm. about what it is that we're trying to achieve as business owners. And that will allow us to be able to pay attention to the correct data, to your point. So I, this has yeah. been, I, I'm, again, I have to give you major props because you're a really great teacher and you're a really oh, great communicator. You. I see your point about being good in conversation with people. Um, I really appreciate you being willing to share with our listeners today. Will you not only remind listeners where they can find you, but then also sure. let photographers know a bit of the consulting, the teaching that you do for photographers? Sure. You can find everything. Pretty much I have it all lumped together in my Instagram account. My Instagram handle is the Dory Howell, D-O-R-I-E-H-O-W-E-L-L. And um, you can find me on Instagram. You can um, private message me there. But then also, if you go to DoryHowell.com, down at the bottom, you can see a link called For Photographers. So if there's anything that I can help you with, um, let's connect. I would love to hear from you. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Dora. I, I truly appreciate this. Everybody make sure to follow the show notes. If you go to newbiepodcast.com, we'll have all the show notes there. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks again, Dory. Really appreciate it. Thank you.